The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. On this week's episode, we will discuss the carnage that was Fight for the Fallen, starting with the main event. Stock up, stock down. So, um, stock down to Chris Jericho's life expectancy? (laughs) Yeah, there's a doctor's warning when you wrestle Nick Gage, and it may reduce lifespan by 10 years, maybe? 15? I I think I lost six months of my life just watching that match. Like, wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, labor number two for Chris Jericho was a no-rules match with Nick effing Gage. And uh, Jericho got the win here. But, Joel, were there any winners in this match? I mean, I don't know. Arguably MJF? Maybe. If the whole point of Jericho being beat to shit by the time he gets to MJF, the plan is working. Because this is two weeks in a row where the matches have just been... Well, obviously, this week went up 10 levels. Um, But, man... (laughs) I, I... Someone I follow on Twitter tweeted, this is probably the safest version of this match you will ever ever see. And it was still terrifying the entire time. Joel, we got a pizza cutter right off the bat. We got the uh, GCW staple of the fluorescent light tubes, glass panels. This was much... Joel, we criticize Chris Jericho a lot, but I, I'm giving him mad respect tonight to be able to go out there and work this match with someone I don't think he's ever worked with before and to take these spots. We've heard from Jericho before about how much he hates thumbtacks. He took a stiff, straight back landing on a bunch of broken glass, and you could see right away he was torn to shreds. This was wild. <laughs> yeah, I... I, I... I'm thoroughly impressed. And it just, it goes back to something we've kind of talked about, which is that in these first handful of shows back in front of full live audiences and on tour again, AEW is really pulling out all the Mm -hmm. stops. And this match was gnarly. There was so much that happened in a relatively short match because, you know, the match ended a couple of minutes before the show went off the air so that, you know, MJF could make his announcement, which I'm sure we'll get to later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the introductions took a little while. So, you know, it was a pretty short match, but this match was just so, so violent. Like, I I don't know if I liked it or not. I <laughs> like I'm impressed. I, I think it was in terms of the storyline. Fantastic like really selling MJF as sadistic and a psychopath and truly hating Chris Jericho and not just wanting to beat him, but wanting him to suffer. And, you know, I I think what got me the most out of all the things we saw in this match was when Nick Gage took a broken off piece of the light tube And just started jabbing Chris Jericho in the forehead with it. And like, it just was nasty. 
Yeah, I, I've seen Nick Gage in person. I went back and checked to make sure he was at that show. Um, this is the type of match that like I don't bring my casual wrestling friends to. Like I, I've told, you know, we've talked about my old roommate, Michelle. She would go to wrestling with me. And I told her I would never take you to one of these shows because it is gnarly. I'm not even sure if I like it all that much. Um, but it's pretty wild that this was on TNT in 2021. We had yeah. this match. I'm just it's just amazing amazing that A, the network was like, yeah, go ahead, do this. And that they pulled it off in a way that worked for their platform and it they worked into a story that made sense. Um, that didn't feel forced and yeah, I don't know whether to hate MJF or love MJF because kayfabe, he's given us Nick Gage. We're getting Hoover to Guerrero next week, which is wild. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm in on these labors, man. I was a bit skeptical of this storyline, but labor one, labor two have already delivered. And Jesus, if these are the first two labors, like, what are three, four, and five going to be like? Yeah, so let's take a minute and let's talk about uh, this upcoming labor number three, which is uh, a match with Juventud Guerrera, which is fantastic. Like, so awesome. So excited <laughs> to see him wrestle again. Uh, but on top of that, there's a stipulation, which is that Chris Jericho can only win the match off of a top rope maneuver. Like, this feels like video game challenge mode, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're trying yep. to unlock something and it's like, oh, I can't just win. I have to win in this particular way. And, you know, then I'll unlock HBK. Uh, yeah. But you never did. You never unlocked HBK. It didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but I, I like this because it just feels different. I, yep. I can't remember this kind of series of stipulations being put on anybody before, you know, we've seen best of seven series. We've seen Mm -hmm. the, like, you've got to work your way through the entire faction to get to me, but this is a new twist. It's a new flavor on something that I traditionally really enjoy. And, you know, even though this main event, like I am definitely not the audience for it. I would not seek out this kind of wrestling. This isn't the kind of thing that I go in for. I'm still damn impressed. And I respect the hell out of those performers, including Aubrey Edwards, because like Mm -hmm. I was so worried for her counting three. Like, (laughs) are you going to get shards of glass in your hand? And I I noticed she had more serious gloves than usual. Those were, those were not the gloves that were, uh, we're used to. Those are some thick boys, but um, yeah, man, it's uh, the, the stipulations here. It's like they took the Cody and, MJF storylines like, yeah, well, we, how can we top this? And remember when they announced this whole labors of Jericho, we I was talking about, oh, maybe a handicap match against FTR. Oh, look, a chairs match. That would be cool. And these are different. And now I'm wondering two things. What is Jericho going to win that match with? What type of aerial move is he capable of that he can pull out of his ass? And what is labor four going to be like? This is, this, I mentioned it before, this is a story that I was dead on. I'm like, okay, get it over with. And they they dragged me back in, and now it's one of the best things they have going. And uh, it's it's really fun. And once again, just props, I, props to Gage, because he's fucking crazy. 
like props to Jericho for stepping out of his element at how old is Jericho now? 47, 50. 50? Like it's don't usually see guys like this go and do this type of match. So just a lot of props to him. And, and I don't know if I'm going to fully apologize to Y2J yet. Maybe in the next few weeks, see how the rest of these labors go. But I am really liking how AW is using him. And this is, this might be some of the best stuff he's done in ring since he joined AEW. Even his championship yeah, I ran, I don't that. think anything matched this. So, But real quick before we move on, Joel, I know you were a big WCW guy. I watched a lot of WCW when I was a kid. What does Juventude Guerrera mean for you? Because I just remember this guy, in, like him, Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman, Eddie Guerrero, introducing me to the Cruiserweight Lucha, Lucha Libre style. This guy's a legend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was part of that group. I would add psychosis in there. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, just they would go on the first match of a WCW pay-per-view or they would go on in that first hour of Nitro uh, when it went to three hours and just absolutely tear the house down and put on these incredible matches that had, for the most part, no build, no story, no background. And yet, you know, they were these amazing performers and they would get you invested in what was going on, even though there was no buildup to it at all. So, you know, I'm excited to see a performer of that caliber back in action again. And I think we're going to get something pretty special from these two. We know they've wrestled a bunch of times before, so presumably they have really good chemistry and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sums it up perfectly. And who knows, Joel, maybe, maybe MJF will pull Give us some more surprises from Jericho's past. Like maybe big show will be one of the, the challenges or something like that. Like let's, let's go with Jericho show here, but um, yeah, let, let's move on, Joel. And I think we, we should start with the opening match of this show, which was the 10 t- man elimination match between the elite and hangman page and dark order. And before we even talk about the match, let's talk about the entrances. These were pay-per-view level entrances. We got this whole cowboy like movie trailer, um, for hangman page in the dark order. What's it mean to be a cowboy? came out together wearing purple bandanas. Hangman Page had new ring gear with purple roses on it. It was awesome. And then we had the elite coming out to freaking like Space Jam theme wearing their, uh, was it Elite Squad? Yep. uh, Toon Squad inspired uh, ring gear, dunking on the hoops, uh, getting the Michael Jordan NBA intro style i loved all of this this was so fun and it wasn't even like the match hadn't even started yet and i was already like this is a five out of five nothing nothing can top this yeah so the first thing the first impression that i got from the entrance of the elite squad was kenny omega in a tank top and gym shorts with his facial hair cut the way it is right now looks like somebody's uncle reliving their high school glory days (laughs) in the best way possible. Right. Because like this character that he's working right now is, you know, a a total heel and and kind of a jerk. And it just 
fits perfectly. And then the second thing I noticed was Don Callis was wearing like really (laughs) short basketball shorts. (laughs) And I found that hilarious. I I tweeted, look at the the elite looking like Toon Squad. And wait a second. What are those shorts? (laughs) The glorious, glorious legs of Don Callis. What I liked about this, Joel, is that like it was corny and it was supposed to be funny, but it didn't distract from what the stakes of this match were. And when the bell rung, the intensity was at like a level 10 from the get go. And this was really fun. All members of the Dark Order were able to get some shine here. Uh, John Silver put the team on his back, dude. Like, like this, this was awesome. This was a fun match. And uh, I'm, I was really surprised of the ending. It's kind of as more as I thought about it more as the night has gone on. It it makes more sense to me. I think there's more they can do with this. But I I was pretty sure that Paige and Dark Order were going to get their wins to set up our all out main event. So, Joel, what, what was your reaction to this ending? And what do you think they do do going forward? Well, as soon as it got down to the Bucks and Kenny and Adam Page as the only competitors left in the match, I knew Adam Page wasn't winning because you can't have him beat your tag team champions and your world champion and go over with the, you know, super Cena kind of finish. Um, So I was prepared for it and I started already thinking about like, okay, this is a way to kind of stretch this out we didn't feel like it was time yet for this match to be happening. Mm -hmm. So this is a way for Adam page to either go on the back burner for a little while or to up the ante and, you know, create some additional level of stakes. Like, you know, if Adam page loses, he has to quit the dark order um, and leave his friends or, you know, take your pick of of whatever stipulation you want to add for him to be able to negotiate for his title opportunity back, or, you know, he's just back of the line and has to work his way back up again. You know, we kind of talked about that being a potential storyline of him failing and having Mm -hmm. to work his way back up to the top to eventually take the belt off of Kenny Omega. Uh, So this could be a pathway to get there. Yeah. It also seems this could be another stepping stone in the story of hangman pages, kind of lack of confidence or, kind of like you said those repeated failures so there's definitely some stuff they can do here um to get us to the finish line of what we think is the natural conclusion of page taking the belt off of kenny omega um yeah i i I was surprised here joel i want to give a shout out to uh all the members of the dark order because i think they all look like they belonged in this match like i don't think there was any necessarily weak link here in terms of the performances that they delivered and, um, my God, Evil Luno doing that, like running, standing Hurricane Rana on Kenny was one of my favorite moments of the night. I was just like, hell yeah, get to him, Evil Uno. Here. It had a uh, scary moment in this match, and I, I hope Stu Grayson's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he missed. He, he <laughs> went for that diving corkscrew moonsault that, I mean, goodness gracious, and looked like he landed flat on his back on the <laughs> ramp. And, yeah. uh, was out of the match shortly thereafter. And I wondered if that was an audible that, um, you know, Doc mm-hmm. Gallows being a veteran was like, 
all right, we're going to brawl outside until this. We get counted you know, out. 10 yeah. seconds is up and we get counted out. Um, but then Stu got up on the rail and did another <laughs> dive. And it's like, Stu, buddy. Like, yeah, he jumped you, off a barrier. You don't have to do that. He jumped off a barrier over another b- barrier onto Doc Gall- Gallows. And then I think they got the count out or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there are spots of Palooza here. The Indie Taker where <laughs> they missed the dunk. That's a six out of 10 in my book in the dunk contest, man. You got it. Or was it's out of 50. That's like a 40 out of 50. You got to convert the dunk. Got it. I'm sorry. That's dunk. 110 out of 50. They're heels. You got to miss the dunk and then act like you got it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that was fun. So, yeah, I, I thought this was a good match. Um, we still have mystery of what this all-out main event is going to be unless one of these rumored wrestlers is going to fill that spot, Joel. And let's transition to that. We talked last week that we didn't really want to talk about these rumors until... There was something to talk about. Well, AEW announced the second episode of Rampage will be from the United Center in Chicago. And first off, that's a big arena. Yeah, like, it's like 22,500 <laughs> seats. Yeah, that will, I think, will be the biggest arena they've ever had a show from. Yes. And what's weird about this is that not only are they doing this show on August 20th, they're doing three shows from Chicago the week of All Out. Dynamite Rampage and then All Out. And we don't. Meltzer basically said that you might see AEW do some things that could indicate whether or not CM Punk would be debuting. Renting out the United Center this short notice with three other Chicago shows coming up has to be a big tell. And Joel, what did what did Darby Allen say immediately after this announcement? Yeah, so we got a Darby Allen promo where he's talking about it doesn't matter what you've done in your career unless you did it in AEW. And even those who call themselves best in the world. (laughs) And, you know, just classic Darby promo, not a whole lot of emotion in it. Very cold, very staring into the camera and... It was uh, fascinating because my mind immediately went to, okay, let's say Punk does show up in AEW. Like, what's the short list of matches that I think he would be interested in having? Right? Who are the people he would Mm -hmm. be interested in stepping in the ring with? Darby Allen's got to be at the top of that list. He is one of the youngest and hottest stars in professional wrestling. He's different. And... You're not going to have to work that hard against a Darby Allen. If you're CM Punk, you can go out there and, you know, just give 60% effort. And Darby's going to bump like crazy for you. And you're going to have an incredible match. It'd be a great way to get back into the professional wrestling industry uh, as a first feud. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <sighs> I feel like at this point, if they haven't signed Punk and they're just trolling everybody, this is going to backfire in a major way. You can't lean into <laughs> stuff like this and these rumors and get people all excited to then not have it happen. Yeah, I was talking about this with my buddy Nick Marino while we were while Dynamite was airing and they would get crucified. It, it would it would backfire so hard and 
while we would still watch, you're going to like, you're going to lose some, excuse me. You're going to lose the fans who are peeking in because they think they're going to see CM Punk. And I think CM Punk's the bigger of the two rumored signings between him and Daniel Bryan, just because we haven't seen CM Punk in seven, what, seven years in a wrestling ring. Like sounds about right. Been a long time. So I I don't think this is going to be a a troll job for the ages. I think they have them. I feel if these if these rumors were not true, Tony Khan would shut them down in a more uh, legitimate way. He was asked about it. He says, oh, I can't really talk about rumors right now. Blah, 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 blah. If they weren't coming, they would have slammed, slammed those, slammed that door shut. So I think this is going to happen. Joel, we're going to have to do an emergency pod the night of the 20th. I'm already setting it in my calendar now because CM Punk is <laughs> breaking the internet wrestling community if it happens. <laughs> Things are going to go wild. And yeah, I think Darby Allen would be a great place to start because one, I'm sure there's a lot of interest between the two of them. And two, uh, Darby Allen can eat that L right away. Darby's not losing his spot on the card by taking a early loss true. to CM Punk. So, cause you know, CM Punk isn't losing his first match in seven <laughs> years. They're not going to pull a sting, a WWE sting and have him lose his first match. So yeah, it'd I'm be amazing excited. if he came in and just lost a bunch and like <laughs> got real you down don't on himself. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, couldn't get off the schneid. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I've been watching, I was watching WWE since I was like 11. That's when I, switched over from WCW, got into WWE and that CM Punk run from what? That was like the mid two thousand, like 2007, 2008 to like 2015, 2014. Either way, like that was a fun run. And the pipe bomb is one of the best promos I've ever watched live on TV. That money in the bank where he won the title from John Cena in Chicago is one of the best crowd reactions I've ever seen. If he can bring 70%, 75% of that to AEW, this is this is going to be huge. This is going to be huge. So part of what I'm excited about is like CM Punk is someone who is legitimately funny mm-hmm. and clever. And I feel like we haven't really seen him with the reins. And putting him in a company like AEW, where he's going to be given a lot more latitude mm-hmm. to perform a character the way he wants to, uh, is really exciting. Because I don't know that we've really seen that. And we certainly haven't seen it for a long, long time. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here to experience something new in in pro wrestling. Or at least something that, you know, hasn't been around. So... Um, obviously it'd be huge. Um, I agree. I think CM Punk would be the bigger name for, for the exact reasons that you pointed out. We've had the opportunity to watch Daniel Bryan wrestle much more recently and have great storylines. And, you know, the planet's champion was one of my favorite things, Mm -hmm. um, before I quit watching the other wrestling company. And, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm still though, I'm trying not to like commit to this is happening because Mm -hmm. I don't want to be tremendously disappointed if it doesn't. I I feel you're there, man. And it's weird because AW doesn't usually let stuff leak. We have not really had a debut leak ever. Really? Like, like 
I can't really think of one. So all of our big surprises in this company's history have been kind of organic. They've, they've happened. So I do think, though, that what you touched on about how all the live shows since they've been back in front of crowds have been bangers. I think this is intentional. I it's think also this is, shown in the ratings, right? Like yeah. the ratings are at an all time high for AEW in terms of like sustained multiple weeks in a row kind of situation. Now is the time to pay out a bunch of money back up the Brinks truck to one of the biggest names in professional wrestling history and get that bump. Like this is the equivalent of a, a pro sports team having everything but that veteran piece, right? This is the, you know, selling off Paul. all your draft Chris picks Paul. to get Drew Holiday, yeah. uh, you know, to, to get you over the top and win the championship. Yeah, because the significance is if you get that ratings, Bruce, say they say CM Punk debut on Rampage gets like 2 million people, 2 million views or something, and you can sustain a slight loss going forward and Say the new average of Dynamite is one and a half million viewers a week. That's a that's five hundred thousand more than they're averaging right now, and that would be huge for AW in terms of what they can ask for in their new contract negotiations, what they can ask for in advertisements. That just brings more money in that they can use to bring in other wrestlers or more of these collaborations with other companies. So, yeah, you're right. This is. Giannis, we're worried you're going to leave. Please stay because we got to win a championship type of time. So they're, it's going to be fun, man. If this happens, if this happens, AW is going to be must-watch TV, not just for us, but for wrestling fans in general in the fall. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Anything else? Actually, I got one more question to ask for you. Dream opponent for CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Like, who are your dream opponents for them? You can't pick the same person. And just for fun, you can't say Kenny Omega. <laughs> oh, um, well, see, you actually chose the wrong guy to restrict uh, because oh, for Hangman me, Page. No, Hangman Page. Uh, yeah, no. See, I already started answering. You can't take that one away from me. I want to see Daniel Bryan and Adam Page. I Got think it. those two, their personalities i can imagine them having really really good chemistry in terms of their storylining and promos um i would absolutely love to see that and um yeah give me cm punk and ricky starks why not just give them a microphone for 20 minutes and just let them talk we don't even need a match. Just let them talk. <laughs> you actually you actually stole mine for CM Punk. I was going to say Ricky Starks. Um, so I, I will think of another one for him. But for uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, I like what your choice of Hangman Page. But give me Orange Cassidy. Give me some Daniel Bryan, Orange Cassidy comedy because we know Daniel Bryan can do comedy in the ring. So imagine very like weak. Yes. Chance. <laughs> Just very like. Not even like moving your entire arm, just moving your finger up. Like, <laughs> give me that. And for CM Punk, God, there's so many options. Um, I'm trying to think of someone who could give him more of like a. So I've got another one I'll throw out there while you're thinking about it, um, which is I would love to see Daniel Bryan and Brian Cage. Mm. Um, I'm thinking back to the Daniel Bryan match with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And 
like that match was amazing. And I know Brian Cage is not as big, like not even close to as big yeah. as, a, as a Brock Lesnar, but he can work that same style. And just seeing what the two of them would put together in the ring would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. And um, shit, I really wish you didn't steal my answer for CM Punk because now I'm having tr- trouble picking the one that I, because I'm not going to say Darby because we're, we're they already hinted at that. Um, shit. You broke me. You broke my brain, Joel. Um, <laughs> MJF, another talk fest. Let those two talk each other's asses off for yeah, 20 minutes. Great. So, And I think the match itself would be good. So, all right, Joel, why don't we move on to lightning rounds now that we touched on our three main items tonight? Let's do it. Lightning round. So my live tweets took a hit after like the first 40 minutes of this show. I don't really remember what happened after we saw the glorious, beautiful hair of Ace Tanahashi. And I don't know if we're actually getting this on AEW TV, but the fact that I saw Tanahashi on AEW TV was awesome and broke my brain here. But he will be challenging Lance Archer for the IWGP United States Championship in the future and this was great. The forbidden door is a hallway, Joel. It is there is no more no longer a door because we are getting so many different promotions. What do you think of seeing your boy Ace on TV? I'm stoked. I I love Tanahashi and uh, I thought it was interesting that Moxley uh, was talking Tanahashi on the episode as well and uh, so maybe we don't get this uh, Tanahashi Lance Archer match on AEW television, but sometime in the near future, maybe we get Tanahashi and Moxley on AEW television. And that I would be so down for. Yeah, same. That would be a lot of fun. So Joel, what's your first item on lightning round? Yeah, I think we got to keep it a true lightning round and and move quickly here. Um, Thunder Rosa had her first match Mm -hmm. as an official full-time exclusive member of the AEW roster. Really good match with Julia Hart. Uh, she is super green, um, but she's only going to get better and um, just really enjoy uh, seeing the progression and growth from her. She gets better every time we see her in a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thunder Rosa, of course, is incredible. So really great to have her officially as a part of the roster full time and uh, look forward to more from her moving forward. Yeah, and... Uh... Did I read that she is on a 16, now 17 match winning streak in AEW? Probably. I think that was on the title on the on her entrance card as she came in. So, yep. I don't care when we get it, but give me Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa for that title, and I'll be a happy man. Um, next thing I want to touch on, Joel, was uh, it was pretty brief, but uh, Brian Cage destroying the celebration. Uh, first off, when he smashed someone's head through the bass drum, I'm pretty sure JR said that bass drum had a family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was intended, if it was supposed to be the bass drummer has a family, but I heard the bass drum has a family. So that broke me and made me laugh my ass off. And this was an amazing promo by Starks. He he is dynamite, no pun intended, on the microphone. What do you think of this, Joel? I know he's your guy. I mean, I really like the kind of 
shoot style promos that we see in AEW from time to time. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're clearing this stuff with each other backstage beforehand to be like, hey, I'm going to talk about, you know, you not having any charisma and not being able to get over in 17 <laughs> years. Um, you cool with that? Um, but I really enjoy it because I feel like AEW does a really good job of acknowledging history and being willing to bring in some of the criticisms that get bandied about online, right? Like most people really are impressed with Brian Cage and really like him. But the thing that you'll see is people will say, oh, but every time he opens his mouth, I don't care anymore. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. Uh, But I like that AEW pays attention to that kind of stuff and is willing to work it into a promo uh, because it adds a little bit of additional weight. And I thought Ricky Stark's delivery was fantastic. And I I like that there's an element of, of, pseudo realism to the content mm-hmm. of the promo. I think that blurring of the lines really helps. I also like that he touched upon like every big match we lost was your fault. Cause one of our big criticisms of team Taz is they never win. Like they never win matches in AEW. They always lost. So for them to say, you know why we lost it's because of you. And now I'm the, I'm a winner. I thought that was really good. And Joel, we also have a great, gif we can use in the future of taz dancing just (laughs) throwing his arms out um that was that was hilarious um but yeah i i'm this was great i think this their rematch is gonna be um amazing it's gonna be really great so i'm gonna move on here uh it was cool seeing king haiku (laughs) on my aew television this week and Leo is huge. I know we talked about his size last week, but he makes Lance Archer kind of look small, which I never thought I would say. So this was a fun match. Um, it wasn't, you know, anything groundbreaking, but I hope we get to see more of him. If this, you know, AW NJP, the NJPW partnership is going to continue because they just don't have that kind of size in AEW, like other than the big show, which we don't want the big show wrestling <laughs> that much. Yeah. So I don't know um, where Hikaleo is at in terms of like the, the dojo process. And, mm-hmm. but I, I would love if he did like a one year excursion to AEW, yeah. like that would be great. Um, he's still pretty young, pretty green. Uh, and that showed in this match a little bit. But uh, his size, his look, um, he moves really well. I, I definitely want to see more of Hikaleo in AEW. Same, same. What do you got for me? Uh, so there was a kind, a couple of segments that touched on the theme of recruiting, one very lightly and one more overtly. Uh, so something that came out of that Ricky Starks promo that we were just talking about is that he mentioned that Will Hobbs wasn't there because he was out recruiting. So that's interesting. Presumably mm-hmm. someone else is going to come into Team Taz here to take Brian Cage's place, and that'll be fun and exciting to see. The second thing was we got a promo from Britt Baker in which she talked mm-hmm. about needing to find somebody to watch her and Rebels back because uh, they've fallen on hard times quite a lot. A lot of injuries between those two. Uh, hate that Britt Baker has a broken wrist. Like, is that legit? I think it is. Yeah, because I had seen stuff about that um, online uh, on, on Twitter and stuff. And I think that is a legit thing. Um, 
I, I can't think of a reason why you would pretend like she mm-hmm. has a broken wrist if she doesn't. Um, so, you know, that's a bummer. But if they're able to, you know, make the kind of duo into more of a stable um, by putting someone in place and thereby elevating that person just by proximity to Britt Baker, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great thing. I I am still dreaming for my fantasy booking of the Iconics joining her and Rebel to become four to five dentists as the the staple. I think there are no competes are almost up. They're not necessarily muscle, but they are they are heels who can take a beating from the baby face she's feuding with, no problem. Um, I don't think that will happen, but that I've been fantasy booking that for about two months now. Um, but yeah. I, I do agree that um, this them as a group could definitely kind of be the like inner circle of the women's division. We haven't really had any women's factions or even teams last more than a few weeks in AEW. So um, it definitely would add something to the roster. They also would kind of treat the women's roster like the men's roster by including stables. So, yeah, I'm all with you. I'm, I'm there. Um Joel, the next thing I want to talk about, and it wouldn't be uh, another wrestling show without me bringing up my boy Christian Cage, but this trios match was really fun. Um, I love trios matches. Uh, some of the first trios matches like I saw in Ring of Honor with you were just some of the most entertaining matches I've seen in person. And I feel like we've kind of moved away from the trios match in AEW as of late. Like I don't remember the last time we had one before this. Um, but this was a fun match. The, the storyline's continuing because the blade brass knucked punch Christian to hell, uh, this week. So I'm looking forward to that match next week. And, um, yeah, uh, I've never seen one man suplex three people. It didn't look as pretty as you would want, but that's still a very impressive feat. And the Luchasaurus is crazy. Yeah, this was a fun match. And I think my takeaway was I wouldn't mind seeing a trios championship, um, particularly, though, if it's defended under traditional Lucha Libre rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, the the chief difference being you don't have to tag in and out. Right. So if a member of your team gets thrown to the outside, you can just enter the ring and then be the legal competitor. And it makes for a more fast paced style. And I also think a lot of times it makes the pinfalls easier to get into from a logical perspective and it Mm -hmm. makes surprise finishes easier. So it's not like the, you know, we have to wait until everybody's laid out on the outside and there's only two people up and it's basically a singles match for the finish. Uh, And I like the trio's style and I'd like to see it uh, more frequently, whether there's a belt or not. Let's just have more trios matches because they're great. Mm-hmm. And it feels like with Rampage incoming that there's probably enough TV time for another championship in the picture, um, especially too because trio matches are fun and they're usually high flying and stuff like that. Like you could defend it on elevation, you could defend it on dark, you can open up shows with it. Um, I, I think it'd be a great thing to add right now because I honestly don't. I think titles wise, like other than the trios, I'm pretty happy with how. The titles are in AEW right now. We know we have our. I wouldn't mind a um, like a 
U.S. championship style belt for the women. Um, mm. Partially because I feel like it would be kind of unique. Uh, yeah. I'm not aware of other promotions having that outside of like all women's wrestling promotions. Yeah. So I think that would be a cool thing to do and add a little bit more, you know, layers to be involved in on the women's it side. It did work card. when they were having the NWA women's championship on the program semi recently, yeah. like that worked and it didn't really take away from the, uh, AW women's championship. And it never really, it didn't feel like a secondary title. Maybe that's because it was associated with another company. Um, but yeah, like a, a mid, I, I mean, I, my only thing with a mid card women's titles, we barely get more than one women's segment anyways, you know? So I don't want a mid card title. That's not going to be featured on dynamite. Um, now rampage, another hour of, of television a week. Maybe that can be what they do. Like, you know how we have the TNT title on dynamite. Maybe you make some sort of women's equivalent where it's kind of like the TBS title or, you know, the rampage women's championship or something like that, where it is like a show exclusive type, you know, championship that I think that could work. Um, And this going into like, I have nothing else, but I'm getting excited for rampage. They're hyping it up a lot. It's getting a lot of, you know, promotion and we might get CM Punk at the second one ever. So I really hope that rampage is, is must watch TV every week. And we'll have to figure out when we're going to record if we're going to do that. (laughs) But, um, I I think we still record at the same time. We'll just cover both shows. mm -hmm. We cover um, after dynamite because dynamite is still going to be the flagship. So whatever happens on rampage, unless there's something, you know, earth shattering, I think we'll stick with our, our normal schedule, but that is all for me as well. So Mike, take us out of here. Yeah. Joel, no random observation. I'm feeling like we haven't had one in a long time. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of sprinkling it in rather than making a big show of it. You know, this isn't all about me. It's about the listeners. So (laughs) all nine of you. (laughs) Um, Yes, we, we, we can probably retire that drop, but guys, you can find us on, what order do I do this in? You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show. OWS underscore pod at Twitter. I was going to say at twitter.com like a loser (laughs) on Twitter. You can follow Joel at the other Joel, me at Michael underscore Aranda. And you can find the podcast on Apple podcasts, tune in stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get it. Give us a subscribe. Give us a follow. We would greatly appreciate it. You can email us at the other wrestling show at, gmail.com and Joel anything to say before I tap out join the dark order join the dark oh I forgot I have to do this join the dark order (laughs) 